0: Hello and welcome to Cooking Through the Collection. My name is Melissa and I'm a librarian and home cook. I do a lot of research when wanting to expand my repertoire of cooking, and so I've challenged myself to walk through the stacks of my library's cookbook collection and grab things I've never tried before. So let's see what I've selected this episode. This episode, I selected the Mexican Vegetarian Cookbook by Margarita Carrillo Arante. Thank you to Allison on Instagram for suggesting doing Latin food. I know that I love Mexican food, and I've not really ever tried seriously cooking it, and I thought the vegetarian cookbook would be a little bit more of a challenge and something new to try. When I was growing up, we went across country a few times, and I got to try Tex-Mex food, Authentic Mexican food and Southwest food. And I really fell in love with all of them. And it's such a great memory of that food connected with seeing new parts of the country. When we lived in Utah for a year, I really got into it because it was everywhere. And it was a great option and usually reasonably priced. So I wanted to learn more about more authentic Mexican food. This is a physically beautiful cookbook with a vibrant cover, well bound even has a ribbon bookmark, which are always exciting to me. It's broken out into different categories as always, but it also breaks down where recipes are from in Mexico and what regions, how long it takes to cook, and that's really great. also tells you if things are gluten-free, dairy-free, and all that because it's got vegan cooking as well. A lot of the salads look really interesting to me. There's also some of the staples about how to make refried beans, how to make corn tortillas how to make flour tortillas. And I can tell you when I've made corn and flour tortillas at home, they have tasted exponentially better than anything you could buy in the store. I've decided to make three fried beans on page 262 with Chihuahua cheese on page 182. So let's get into the kitchen and start cooking. So before I start making the recipe for our chiles with Chihuahua cheese, I actually have to prep the chilies. This recipe uses eight large poblano chilies, dry roasted, peeled, and seeded, and cut into medium dice. So to get the skin off a chili, you usually have to burn it or scorch it in some way. And they actually have instructions further back in the cookbook, and it's for preparing fresh chilies for stuffing or slicing. One of the methods is dipping it into frying oil at that high temperature so it blisters the skin off. The other one says you could put it over a direct fire. Well, my grill is currently under snow right now, so we're not gonna be able to do that. So what I'm thinking I might be able to do, right, is to broil them. It's also eight, so doing it in a pan, I think broiler level, probably should do that. So I'm thinking if I use the broiler, that will at least simulate really hot temperatures. And you know, some, in some places they call the broiler a grill. So maybe that will work to get the skin off. This is going to be, it's eight peppers is a lot. And I'm getting a baking sheet. I'm going to line it with aluminum foil. I don't know if I should grease the foil. Hmm. Maybe I don't need to grease the foil, but I probably will oil the peppers. I'm excited about this, but this part, I can tell you, I have peeled pepper skins off before. It is messy and time-consuming, but... Hopefully it'll be worth it. So I have this gigantic bag. We went to the fancier grocery store and got me eight Poblano peppers. They're longer than a bell pepper and they're a really dark green. They're beautiful. I love them so much. So I've learned they can be hotter than you think they're gonna be. So you have to be a little careful. So we're gonna try to fit all of them onto this tray. They're gonna have to be rotated a lot, obviously, because we're gonna be trying to char it all around so this is going to be a time consuming process but we got to do it because I can tell you the skin on these is kind of tough for what we're going to be doing so it's kind of necessary I'm thinking I need to oil it to make make it more successful for doing this so I have canola spray so I'm gonna I have a cat who is playing with a cat toy right now she's not in the recipe I swear and I'm now (laughs) So if you hear the cat, apologies, but she is part of my life. So yeah, they are all oiled. So I'm gonna wait for the broiler to come up, turn the light on and I'm gonna watch them burn and rotate them slowly. I'm going to need very long tongs for this. I might actually even use our grill tongs. It has heated up for a little bit and we are going to put to the tray in and have it so close up that the peppers actually, con- they don't touch the burners, but this is pretty dang close. I don't think it, we can get it closer than this, so hopefully we'll be able to blister the skin enough, but I think I'm gonna have to pull the tray in and out, which is gonna make it lower temperature and take more time. You wanna say hi, Samin? Samin is eating breakfast. Very jealous. I wanna get this started, because these actually, once they've had their skins blister, they have to go into a bowl, with plastic rack over the top and steam their skins off. It's a long process, and I'd like to be able to have that sit and do some other things maybe during that time. But it's a lot of watch and see. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear when it starts blistering or not so this may be a very anticlimactic section of things but i'm going to let you know if this works because this is a test and i'm sure there are some people listening who don't have a grill or don't want to fill up a deep fryer or a pot full of oil you can do this in a like a cast iron pan but it will take forever especially because one i can't find my cast iron pan and two this is eight peppers i don't have industrial sized anything in my small kitchen If I was at culinary school, obviously, that's a completely different thing. You could probably do a whole bunch at once. So what I do see is that the oil is kind of bubbling a little bit on the skin, and I am getting some smoke coming out of the oven. And if you don't know, do not close your oven all the way. When you're broiling, you need to watch things so they don't catch on fire in your oven. Always leave it a little bit cracked. So I am seeing some little whirls of probably steam coming out. And I hear, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm not getting closer. Oh, that noise. Yeah, not sure you can hear that, but that is the skin starting to blister a little bit. I have a feeling this is gonna take a while because I'm gonna to have to turn them. I don't see any color yet, but it does look like it's blistering. It's It really is a good term. It's not the most nice sounding term, but it is accurate. You wanna really get these charred. That char helps make, one, it does have flavor, but two, it makes the skin pop off more easily so you're not trying to struggle to peel the peppers. It smells good, I can say that. I can't quite tell where we are in color. So I'm going to have to trust my nose and occasionally pull the tray out. So let's see, I think it's working. So yay, figuring out a hack for when I don't have the resources to do something. I think this is gonna be the fastest way. So I'll be back when they are ready to flip over. I am back. I've pulled out the tray a little bit It looks really well blistered on the top facing side. So I'm trying to flip them over. And actually what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to pull the pan out completely and spray them again. I think that the oil did help them brown faster. Of course, now I have the oven open. I'm going to try to work quickly without hurting myself. So the temperature doesn't drop too much. So spraying again, sometimes Poblana peppers also are more of a three sided thing. They're more kind of triangular. So I might have to do a few more rotations in this, but that was about two to three minutes for the first side. So that didn't take as long as I thought it might. So let's just keep going. They are back in the oven and we'll see how it goes. So these have been in here probably another four to five minutes. I did one flip and then I've been kind of rotating them because all the peppers are different sizes. I think they're done. They're mostly charred. I still see some dark green, but what I'm going to do is you have to steam the skins off. So I will need a large bowl, which I have over here prepped and ready to go. And we're going to take each pepper, and dump it in the bowl. Some of the peppers are already splitting. You can see the skin starting to peel off. Obviously you wouldn't want to try to peel it off right now because it's extremely hot and it needs to kind of stop boiling on the inside so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover it in plastic wrap and we're going to let it steam I'm not sure how long let me look through back through the book and see what their suggestion is they are saying let the chilies rest and sweat and release their skins I'm probably going to do about 30 minutes and we'll see how hot they are it also says to put salt on them now which is interesting so maybe it somehow absorbs I don't know so I'm going to take teaspoon salt kind of Sprinkle it over the top. We're gonna bag this up and we will be back. While the chilies are steaming off their skins, we're gonna make the refried beans. I pre-cooked the beans, cause these are actually beans from dried and not from the can. The recipe was called beans from the pot where I used pinto beans, water. I let the beans soak overnight and they cooked for two hours. With onion, epazote, it was supposed to be a habanero chili, but I'm afraid of those. So I used a jalapeno and salt. And so I did that in advance because it was overnight soaking in two hours. And I didn't want to do all these things in one day. We are going to now cook the refried beans. And it says frijoles, refitos, all of Mexico. Cooking time, 25 minutes. Preparation time, 20 minutes. And it serves six. I thought that was really helpful that each of these recipes has that information. And it's cool to see there are a lot of things from different regions and seeing what the differences are. So the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm going to be mincing an onion. And mincing an onion is gonna take forever, but we're gonna work on it. Of course, the onion I have is like the size of a softball, but I guess I can talk a little bit about why I chose this recipe. As I've mentioned, I got to live in the Southwest for a while as a teenager and got to travel there when I was growing up as well. I was peeling this here really love the food and a dish that I had is chiles rellenos. So chile relleno is traditionally a poblano pepper that it's had its skin roasted off and seeded and hollowed out. And then it's filled with, again, this is a regional thing, but usually it's with a really melty stringy cheese and then it's battered and fried either pan fried or deep fried and then smothered with this delicious tomato sauce. It's not, it's not like marinara, but it's a thin, really flavorable, very, it's not spicy, it's very sweet sauce. And it's absolutely lovely. I try to get it whenever I see it on our menu. It's very indulgent, as you can imagine, because it's a lot of cheese. It's basically a conduit for cheese into your mouth with some vegetables. So it's, yeah, you know, it's vegetables and cheese, right? So I have peeled the onion and it says to mince it, which always takes forever. You know, there's dice and then there's mince. And mince is significantly smaller dice, so I basically want to get this as small as possible. And part of me would just love to do it in the food processor, but let's do it by hand. Anyway, you can imagine this lovely fried pepper with this smoky chili, not hot or spicy at all, just smoky, and it's covered in sauce. And then it's usually served with refried beans or beans of some sort and rice. And it's usually what people would call Mexican rice. It's kind of orange because it has achiote in it and sometimes peas and spices, so it's a pilaf. And one of the places around here, I only have ever gotten it as takeout around here. I have not found a restaurant that I can sit down and have it in, so that's one of the reasons I chose this recipe. Served also with tortillas, traditionally with corn, but you can obviously, a restaurant will give you whatever you want but I I love flour tortillas and I kind of will mix that tomatoey sauce in with the rice and kind of like smoosh it all together. Yeah, I know that sounds gross, but it tastes really good. It's one of those dishes where everything works so well together, there's a great balance, but it is definitely indulgent because it has an insane amount of cheese in it. But the interesting thing that I thought about this recipe is that it doesn't require the stuffing and the frying, but it has all of the flavors and that's what intrigued me and I've never made chiles rellenos. I think I've tried to make refried beans before. I do not remember how they came out. So that tells you that probably was okay, but it wasn't particularly amazing. But you know, hey, they can't always be good. And then since I only know two restaurants that will deliver to have it, it's pretty good. But I've never had it quite like this restaurant that was called Lefty's Hideout. That was a little like Tex-Mex, not necessarily authentic Mexican place where we lived in Utah. It's long gone and it's so sad that it's gone. And they served combination platters. So you could get a chile relleno, you could get a chimichanga, you can tell. Again, this is more Tex-Mex food and not authentic Mexican food. And it was absolutely delicious and I loved it. And I would always get the chile relleno and then I think I would get an enchilada. I wasn't a big fan of tamales, I'm learning to like them now it was probably a chimichanga or a burrito like a mini one and these would be these three combination platters with three small versions of the dish and then the rice and beans and of course really good freshly made tortilla chips which I feel like is an important part of Mexican food experience whether Tex-Mex you know gringo or authentic Mexican food having that crunchy hot saltiness and fresh salsa is just I overindulged at a restaurant actually a uh, few weeks ago at a Mexican restaurant and they bring out the chips and the chips come within 30 seconds of when you're sitting down. So I've chopped this up, but I need to make it minced. I'm gonna pass the knife through the onions to get them as small as I could. The thing about the food processor is you can make things really small, but it's very easy to go from small to liquefied and liquefied onion, there's use for that. Grated onion is used in meatloafs and other things to really, Disperse onion flavor without having the texture. I'm very excited for this. There's still snow on the ground. It's supposed to snow again, which not looking forward to. But we are in the winter in a climate where it can snow. And for me, sometimes you when know, it snows on the ground, I want to make something. Especially if we're having to clear the snow. Usually, I'll make something that's more homey, like biscuits and gravy, or you know, things that are indulgent. If we're you know having to shovel and everything, but No shoveling today, maybe some tomorrow. We don't really know, but okay. I have this onion minced up. It's looking pretty good. I know there's garlic. It is two garlic cloves minced. I have two cloves of garlic, which I have peeled. This is definitely a more involved lunch than I normally would do, but hey, we're off today, right? We can have a little bit of indulgence. So now we have minced the onion and the garlic. Our next thing we have to do is gonna be the cooked pinto beans. Which I actually, as I said, I did before, and I measured them out yesterday. And the instructions specifically say you would need to have some of the water that the beans were cooked in. So if you're getting something canned, you would want to reserve some of that liquid and not rinse it all off completely. So let's do this. We have the beans. Let's get a frying pan. The instructions are heat the oil, which will be two tablespoons of vegetable oil, over medium heat and saute until golden. So I am gonna be putting this front burner up on medium. It says to use two tablespoons of oil, which is a lot, but this is gonna be two and a half cups of beans. So I guess at the end of the day, it really isn't. This is called refried, so it's an indulgent day. So we're gonna use two tablespoons of canola, oil, that's our vegetable oil, and heat that up. I am not going to put the garlic in until a little bit further in the cooking, because I do not want it to burn. I should have been preheating it while I was doing the onion, but you know, I don't always think ahead, which has bit me in the rear before, but we're gonna make it all work. I have a ceramic top stove and in this case it does heat up quickly not the big of fan of it for other reasons but it does heat up quite quickly let's use a wooden spoon we're gonna mix this around till golden I'm gonna let it cook a little bit and then add the garlic because it's so small I'm guessing it's gonna go somewhat quickly I love refried beans I've had them in many different places they can be pinto they can be black they can be actually what I think of as refried beans just more mushed up, but I've also had it when they're kind of more whole. They are all delicious. I do admit though, the ones that have the animal fat can be tastier. Some of the brands have vegetarian ones that you can get in the can now, but I think most of the restaurant ones are not vegetarian. So that makes it harder for eating out. I have a few vegetarian co-workers. I actually have a vegan co-worker. and that makes it hard to go out with other people sometimes. I want to thank Allison on Instagram for making a suggestion when I asked for, like, what cuisine or genre of cookbook I should do next. She said Latin, which is a very large, encompassing term. She lives in a Latin American country, but I had already been eyeing this Mexican vegetarian cookbook. It's such a beautiful, vibrant cover, and I was just like, you know what? We're going to go that direction. Teresa on Instagram suggested Korean, so I have that one. I'm thinking about that, trying to see if we have anything in our collection, because I'm actually not sure. But I pulled a few cookbooks. What I do is when I'm not sure what I want to do next, I kind of walk around and I look in our library catalog and anything that kind of grabs my eye, I just put it on hold or check it out. And then I have eight or nine cookbooks to look through. If there's only one recipe I'm interested in, I usually won't take that one out because we're talking about borrowing or buying a cookbook. You need to want to cook multiple things from it. In this cookbook, when I was flipping through it, I use little, like my, my hold slip that I get at the library. I rip up little pieces of envelopes and everything, and I bookmark every recipe that I think I will find interesting. And when I got to like the 10th <laughs> bookmark in this book, that was very clear that this one was gonna move to the top of the list. There were so many options of things I want to do, and it's just not going to be able to do all of them. There's some really great fresh salads, but since we're not in peak produce season here, I don't think they're necessarily going to be the best if I make them now. So maybe that's something in the future to look forward to. They had some interesting desserts as well, but since I've been doing lots of desserts and baking, that is kind of what I'm known for by from a lot of people that it, it's probably good that I'm switching it up. So these have sweated in the pan. They've become translucent, but there's no color quite yet. But i to keep moving them though so I don't burn them. I do have this on medium on my stove, which is five. It seems to be a pretty good saute level. I've learned that when you're browning onions, you really can't rush it. So you gotta have a little bit of patience. I don't know if this would be necessarily be a weekday cook, but the thing is if you already have the beans and everything and the beans are kind of the main component and you're like doing a fried egg or a salad or something, I think that could work and have some tortillas. I really wanted to make tortillas from this cookbook, but I've learned that tortillas are not a weekday kind of cook. I can make corn tortillas fairly quickly. They're not that hard, but when I I love a flour tortilla, it's my preference. And those just take so much more time, and so I usually try to rely on purchasing them, but we don't have a place that I can really go and purchase fresh ones, so we're making the refried beans from scratch, and we will be using a store-bought flour tortilla. So now I'm going to be adding the garlic in. I wouldn't want to cook the garlic this long. It would burn even on medium. So we have scraped that into the pan. Now the cool thing about doing the beans in the pot, they do seem to be a different texture and the cooking liquid that we're going to be adding this to thicken isn't going to be that as I don't know what to call it that bean water in the can, which in chickpeas is aquafaba. I don't think it's called that in other beans. It's a little bit thinner. It's more like broth. So maybe if you're kind of skeeved out by the texture of the water and canned beans, you could use a little bit of broth instead, a little bit of, in this case, obviously vegetable broth. We'll be right back when these are golden. So we are back and the garlic, as I expected, is starting to be golden. So what I'm gonna do, even though the onions are not there, I'm gonna to go to the next step and it says, add the cooked beans with a little of their cooking broth using a potato masher, then we will smash. So I stored the beans in the liquid because I knew I was going to need it and not just drain it all off. So I'm gonna have to use a slotted spoon to put them in the pan. So I've pulled the pan off the heat. So we don't have to worry about the garlic burning because that would really ruin the dish. There's also some bits of onion from cooking that I couldn't completely get out. So we may have some very long cooked onion mixed in, which. I don't mind it'll probably just be more of a texture thing than a flavor thing. I'll try to pull out what I am able to pull out but we're going to do our best to drain off most of the liquid but I definitely wanted to save some. I thought again dirtying another container seemed silly in this instance. The recipe that I used to cook the beans made a pound and I'm probably using two-thirds of what I cooked for this recipe and that's pretty good. So I do have beans left over something else so if I really like this refried bean recipe and as i said i'm gonna have my husband taste it we really like it we can make another batch it's hard to tell when it says servings for beans when something's intentionally aside i was having a hard time telling you know how much is this really gonna be it looks like it's gonna be a fair amount it's got a whole onion you know it's gonna not gonna be insignificant i didn't realize that there were so many onions and refried beans we're almost done getting the beans in so let's now get this on the stove and it already had some liquid in it so i'm gonna mix the onions and the beans in together, and then I gotta get our potato masher, which apparently I had forgotten it at Thanksgiving, which was an amusing thing. My parents like, why did you bring a potato masher? We have one. So am I supposed to let this simmer first? Because we're still on medium heat. It says, add the cooked beans and, w- and a little bit of cooking broth and using a potato masher, smash to a thick puree, cook down until thick. So it doesn't say up the temperature or anything. So we're just gonna go in. I have one of these mashers that looks like a 1940s masher. It's not the squiggle one. It's more of a circle that has little rectangles in it. So there's lots of little spots. I don't like that squiggly one. You don't get as much contact with the pan. So when you're mashing, you're having to do more work, which over time can actually make it more gummy and makes you tired. So why would you do that? We're going to keep mashing away. said thick paste. So we don't want really many pieces of bean left. I follow the instructions of cooking i don't know if these were overcooked but they some of them already had started splitting but that does make it easier to mash them i have to say two hour cook on beans was, was a lot i didn't grow up with having beans cooked from scratch we actually didn't have a lot of beans my mom has an aversion to them apparently the smell of them cooking when she was growing up was not something she enjoyed this is mashing down pretty Easily. I'm not having to do a lot of strain. My stove is high and I forgot to put my kitchen step out, but it said until thick. I did unintentionally add some of the water when I was straining the beans out. So it really didn't take a lot, maybe because the texture is slightly different because these beans were cooked in the past day and then refrigerated. Maybe that's different than what happens to the texture of beans in the canning process. But it was time consuming, but it was mostly passive cooking, so I didn't mind doing it, so I think I've mashed these pretty well. They're starting to bubble a little bit, so I'm gonna go back to the wooden spoon to make sure nothing sticks. Yeah, you're not supposed to raise the temperature at all, so it's just a kind of a different texture, but now it's starting to do it, so it says until thick. The edges of the pan on top are very watery, but I can see now it's actually thickening up pretty quickly, and it's not saying to add salt, which I find interesting, but I know I didn't probably put as much salt when I was cooking the beans as I could have. I'm gonna taste it just to see if it does need a little bit more salt. The beans had the epazote and did have salt when they were cooking, but just a little bit extra. You know, I don't want something to blame. These aren't supposed to be super spicy or things. There's actually a restaurant that we go to where the refried beans are spicy. And I forget every time we go and I have that first bite and like, oh wait, this is the place that has the spicy refried beans. I left a little bit of texture in here. I do like that, so let me get a tasting spoon let us see how oh, this is it was really bubbling now so let's just go for a little bit and we blow on it can you hear that that's it bubbling oh i like that texture but it's pretty bland so i am going to add more salt at this point i'm always afraid to over salt things so let's try the other side of the tasting spoon so it's not the same part that went in oh yeah it definitely needed that little bit of salt Cook down until thick. We're fast approaching thick. This really wasn't hard to do. It had that bit of prepping the beans, but they taste better. I can tell they're a different texture. So, you know, maybe on a weekend cook. The recipe for cooking the beans actually did have a instant pot pressure cooker instruction, which was cooking them for 40 minutes. So if you do have that and you don't have as much time, that might be worth trying. We are very close for it to being done. I already know it tastes delicious and I have a feeling when it cools down a little bit, it'll get even better and I can have a bit bigger taste. We are done. I have pulled them off the stove, powered down. I'm gonna do a little bit of washing and cleaning up and then we will do one of my least favorite parts about this and that's gonna be cleaning up the peppers. Now we are on, as I said, one of my not favorite things to do. Didn't say for these to completely cool down. It still wants them to be somewhat warm because you're supposed to leave them in there. So we're going to take the bag off and so we pull out one chili at a time. It says, and then to lightly using your fingers, you can just peel it. It kind of feels like plastic wrap. It is just, it is just not fun. It's time consuming. You want to try to get most of it. If you're ever wondering why are roasted red peppers so dang expensive? It's because of this. It's time consuming. It's not something that can be easily machine done. I don't even know if it can be machine done without causing damage. I know Wegmans has whole roasted peppers in a jar, and they are extremely expensive for that reason. But I'm going to be peeling them as much as I can. It's one of those that I don't think gloves will work as much for doing this because I end up using my nails a lot. That's why I don't, this is a recipe that's definitely a special one for me because this is not something I'm doing on a weeknight. It's, it's finicky, but you know, finicky can be so delicious and the payoff can be great. So this one pepper's got an area that the skin doesn't want to come off of, which means you need to be roasted a little longer and I was getting impatient because I'm not known for my patience so let's go to the second one hopefully it's a little bit better not sure if you can hear the wind outside but it's kind of windy at the moment and since we still have snow out you can hear the snow shifting around it's not a lot of snow so for my northern and midwestern friends they're probably like what the hell are you talking about it was eight inches, but the ground had been warm. So it's more like four, but shoveling it was just water. It was extremely unpleasant. But good day to cook inside, especially cause it's gonna snow again tonight. So probably gonna have to go out and do more clearing tomorrow. How many of you guys enjoy Mexican food? I'm going to guess that a lot of you do. Do you have a dish that you have as a go-to? As I said, I really love chile de llenos. If I can't get them because they are not on the menu of a restaurant, I'll go for enchiladas. If it's a place that's known for their tacos, I will definitely get tacos. Tacos for lunch is one of my my husband's favorite things. My husband will eat tacos every day and be very excited about it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. There's so many different kinds of tacos. So I'm now on the third pepper out of eight. So it's going a little bit faster, but of course I'm going to say that and then I'm going to snag and there's going to be one that's just completely fighting me. But yeah this kind of skin would not be the best texture like you could eat it but it would stick in your teeth you know how it's similar to when there's a tomato and you've cooked it in sauce and you kind of get that flaky feeling peeling a tomato i find even more frustrating and more of a pain and peaches you have to cut across opposite of the stem in and then throw it into water and then throw it into ice water and it's a whole thing this luckily doesn't require the ice water part just requires a little bit of work the one pepper already started to split on its own after I get all the skins off I need to get the seeds off and I found it's easier to just try to power through all the skins first so you're not trying to have the seeds flying everywhere at the same time you can kind of control when they're coming off I am excited for this I am very excited it smells so good I have the beans cooling next to me I am peeling this and of course dinner's not for a few hours I did eat breakfast so that was good because if I hadn't eaten breakfast, I'd be far crankier. What's your favorite Mexican dish? You can leave a comment on Spotify or you can tag me on social media or write under the comment that will be about this episode. I'm gonna finish up these peppers and then the next part will be taking the seeds out which is the same method. You're using your hands and you're just kind of pulling the stem off and then hoping most of the seeds go with it so that can take a little bit longer. I don't think you wanna hear me rambling about how much I don't enjoy this painstaking process, but it it really is worth it. So I'll be back as soon as I have this done. So our next recipe we're doing are chilies con queso Chihuahua. I'm looking at the ingredients list. I've done the peppers. I could not find Chihuahua cheese, so I had to use Monterey Jack cheese. I've had Chihuahua cheese. The cheese pull is just excellent and amazing on there. It's pretty mild. So Monterey will work. It's not gonna be quite the same. I need to preheat the oven to 350 and I, since I had my rack up earlier, I need to move it down a level. And we are baked 350. Okay, what is our next step? So we're gonna need a heatproof flame-proof casserole. So I have that ready to go. Heat oil in the casserole or a large pan, saute onions and garlic until light golden. So you know actually what I'm gonna do? It's not a casserole. But it is, it is flame proof. I'm gonna use the pan that I cook in because I know it can go in the oven. Let me do a quick wipe down of the stove. Turns out there was a little bit of bean that must have spilled, so let's clean that up. This is why you need to be careful when you're cooking. I thought I had wiped it down, but see, this is proof. Everyone has moments. So I'm gonna turn the stove on. So let's see how we're doing. It's more onion, exciting. So much onion cutting today, but hey, makes sense. How much onion do we need? We need two tablespoons of minced onion. I'm guessing garlic too, three cloves garlic. That is also minced. So I did not actually use all of the onion from earlier because it was a gigantic onion, like obscenely huge. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get our three cloves as well. So you heard me mince onion and garlic earlier. So you know what? I'm gonna do this off mic. I think there's something else I need to chop. So let me look that up because you've heard me chop a lot today. Let's do some magic, you know, podcast magic. I'm gonna have to do a one large ripe tomato chopped and I'm also gonna need to dice the peppers. So what I'm gonna do is I will be right back and I will have all these ingredients ready to go. So I am back, I've chopped everything up. It says use two tablespoons of corn oil, which I don't have, so I'm gonna be using the canola oil. a fair amount of oil, but this is gonna, seems like a lot of ingredients. Heat the oil and flame proof on a large pan, and saute the onion and garlic. It doesn't say the temperature this time, I'm gonna keep it on medium because it told me that previously and that seemed to work well. I'm gonna saute the onion and garlic. I'm gonna put the garlic in near the end until light golden. The other one said golden before, so we're gonna go a little bit less. We're gonna add the chopped tomato and cook, it's the whole tomato, until it loses its juice. And then I will be right back. So we are about to have the tomatoes be done. They've definitely lost a lot of their juice. As I said, we're almost done. So the next step, we're gonna add the diced chili and a pinch of salt and a half cup of water. So actually, the peppers gave off some moisture, so I might not put the whole half cup, on, but they don't wanna come out of the bowl. Come out of the bowl, okay? They are out of the bowl. So there was a little bit of moisture, so let's just put a little bit less of the water. So I'm gonna just do a shy of the half cup and the pinch of salt, we're gonna bring it to a boil. I don't think it'll take too long considering everything was pretty heavily sauteing. The chili smell really good with the tomato and the garlic and the onion. Not shocking, while this smells absolutely delicious. So let's wait to bring it to the boil and the next step will be milk. And then how much baking soda do we need? We will need a pinch of baking soda. Again, that's a kind of a random amount. It is up to a boil. We're gonna add the milk, which is interesting that there's milk in this. I wouldn't have known that, but you know, this is why we learn new things. And then a pinch of baking soda. And it says, and boil for five minutes. And then we're gonna check the seasoning remove it from the heat and pour it to the dish. But you know what? We're gonna just be using this dish. I do not want to wash another dish. I don't think my husband, when he comes back, is going to want to wash another dish, especially because he doesn't eat cheese and is not going to be eating this. So I'm gonna bring this up to a boil just for seasoning. Our next step after that, just so I make sure that we're good, is gonna be seven ounces of Chihuahua, Monterey, Jack or Cheddar cheese, thickly sliced. None of the cheese in my stores came in seven ounces. They all came in eight ounces, so you know what? We're going to put eight ounces in. Again, wasting food makes me not comfortable. The few places online that look like had chihuahua cheese, they weren't nearby, would have had to pay for delivery. And also they were shredded. And this clearly says sliced. So I bet that does kind of make a difference. So I have a block of Cabot Monterey Jack cheese. I really love Cabot cheese, not sponsored. It's really good quality and it I've never gone wrong with it. I use it for my macaroni and cheese. So I'm slicing these kind of into small rectangles. So we're gonna cut it up and everything is boiling. So we will set five minutes and we will be right back. So we are back. It's been five minutes. This has been bubbling away, extremely hot. And we're gonna be put in the oven. So that'll be fun. So the instruction is Check for seasoning. This thing is so dang hot. How am I supposed to check for seasoning without burning my mouth? That seems misguided, but we're gonna do it. I guess I should get a little bit of the liquid and a little bit of the pepper. This is so damn hot. Holy mackerel. Actually pretty bland considering all the salt I've put in over time. So I've now added a heavy pinch of salt. I'm gonna stir it around and try again. Definitely better. Little half pinch and then I'm gonna follow the next step which says put the cheese on top. And bake in the oven for five to 10 minutes. So I'm gonna stir this little last bit up and then I'm gonna bring my tray-o cheese. Eight ounces of cheese is a fair amount. So we'll work kind of around the edge and then work our way in, trying to somewhat evenly distribute it. It's not gonna be perfect. Let's quickly wash the hands, because I don't want to push my hands in my oven mitts when they're cheesy. That just sounds gross. So let's wash up. My hands are very dry today after all of the cooking and cleaning. So it says to put it in for five to 10 minutes. And the cheese is starting to melt and turn golden in places. Let's put on the oven mitts. It's already starting to melt because it was on the stove and quite hot. It was boiling hot. Let us put this dish in the oven. Obviously it's not gonna look as pretty because it's in the frying pan, but you know I'm gonna try five minutes and we're gonna see how it looks. If it's not done, I'll put it in a little longer and then it will be time to taste test. It's been 10 minutes. I looked at it after five and it wasn't quite where the instructions said it should be. So there we go. I am so stinking excited. This is so much easier than I can imagine like stuffing a chili, oh man. It's like a little bit yellow on the edges. It's kind of sloshy, so hopefully it's meant to be that way. Oh man, I gotta take a photo of this. Like this is just amazing. It's bubbling on the edge. So it says to serve it with refried beans. We already have, and then warm homemade tortillas. And as I said, with all the cooking today, it just it's not going to happen. So I got the organic flour tortilla. I know it's not the same. A fresh tortilla is just great. I kind of had heated them up earlier and then put them back, and they cooled down. So try it again. I'm just going to do one tortilla because this is my lunch, not my dinner. I'm going to take some of the refried beans, which you know, not the most exciting looking, but we know they're tasty. So let's put them on the plate and then let's get, I think I'm gonna need a big spoon because this is so oozy. Okay, this is very hot. So we're gonna be very careful. Oh, this looks absolutely delicious. It's not the cheese pull that I would have hoped for. There's cheese pull on the edges. Okay, there's a little bit. So let's, ouch, burn myself. That just came out of a stove. You'd think that, I would have figured that out, grab so a fork. This is definitely easier than trying to like stuff a pepper, use a toothpick, pin it shut, dip it in batter and deep fry it. But it has all of the other components that I really love about the chile reno. Of course, there's some little different things, but this says it's an authentic recipe. So let's dig in. It is piping hot, obviously. I don't know if I'm supposed to put it in the tortilla. I might just compose a bite and then take a bite out. Let me taste just the chilies first. Again, ridiculously hot. Oh yeah, that is extremely comforting. And I'm gonna mix it with the beans. The beans plus it are amazing and as I know I've tasted the beans before. Quite good, so let me rip off a piece of tortilla. Since it's still really kind of runny, I don't think this will work well on the tortilla, so I'm just gonna chase it with it. Mm Mm-hmm, it's smoky, it's salty, it's cheesy, it does have depth of flavor. I think the roasting the chilies were kind of help with that. I have no idea what the baking soda did. Absolutely no idea. Post on social and help me figure out what the heck there's baking soda in here. But, mm-hmm, this is an awesome lunch. I am so happy I found this cookbook. So Chris is back from traveling and Chris today is going to be trying out the refried beans recipe. Yes. So let's try these. They look delicious. Uh, looking for they're them. hot, so obviously be careful. So you don't want me to burn my mouth. That's very nice of you. Hmm. They're very good. Texture's different, right? Yeah. Like uh, they're creamier. Yeah, it's creamier, but they still got that, you know, the, the, they still tastes like the refried beans. It has all the good flavors. Can you, are, and it tastes good. And even it's vegetarian, it doesn't taste any different than... Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I. You. If you hadn't told me these are vegetarian, I would not have assumed that. Okay, thumbs up. Thumbs way up. Good tasting treats. The Mexican Vegetarian Cookbook by Margarita Carrillo-Ronte. I have already bought it. This is a beautiful, well written cookbook. Very clear directions, beautiful photos, instructions on how to cook and prepare some of the items, as I said, like the peppers. There are a lot of things I wanted to try. If I look at my, almost, I have 10 bookmarks in here for what I wanted to even try for this episode. So that tells you it is worth purchasing. It is a hefty tome. It is an expensive cookbook because it is so large. So that might be you work towards it as an investment piece and borrow it first. So yeah, thumbs up on this cookbook. Thank you for joining us on Cooking Through the Collection. If you enjoy this episode, please consider subscribing. You can visit the website for more information at cookbookcollectionpod.com. Follow me on Instagram or Facebook at cookbookcollectionpod. Thank you so much again and happy cooking.